share a little bit about the word. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher. Apologies for coming in so late today. Um, the lesson that I had uh, in Children's Church extended my time. And we talked about the importance of baptism, what it meant, and what, what does it symbolize referencing the rebirth process. And it took a little bit longer um, to go through that and to talk about it just to make sure that the students uh, captured the information. <clears throat> Amen. And so we are just blessed to be online and Pastor Derek Fletcher from Yes and Amen. Um, we're going to share some scripture uh, referencing Galatians 2, 19 through 21. And so we're just going to read through that and talk about it. I am crucified with Christ. And there's some pretext scriptures we're going to read that the center around uh, praise and that center around, <coughs> excuse me, the center around offering up uh, praise to God. So I'm going to read the first one, which is Psalm 100. Amen. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your logos. And we thank you, Lord God, for your immediate and your right now word. God, we thank you that we have a rhema as well as a logos. Um, and we thank you for your word that will never return to you void. And so we present ourselves and we lend an ear to your Holy Spirit as it speaks to us on today, referencing your word and referencing what we should do and where we should be on today as we stand um, before you. And we glorify you and we thank you that the word is reaching the airways, reaching the lost souls and encouraging the souls that are already in you and that have been claimed, reclaimed. And so here we are. We thank you, Father, that the eyes of our understanding are open and being enlightened in the Jesus that we serve as Lord and we serve in his name before God. In the Father's name we pray. And in Jesus, in God, in Jesus, we pray. Amen. And so Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Amen. He is Lord. Glory to God. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy endureth, and his truth endureth to all generations. His word is truth. And there was one more psalm 
want to peel off a little bit here on Psalm 103 and 8 through 1. 103, 8 through 1. Amen. I mean, 103, 1 through 8. Apologies for that. 1 through 8. Let's read that. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. We have a soulish part of us and all that is within me. Bless his name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, which the cross is for us. Who forgiveth all of our iniquities? Who healeth our diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the angel, like the eagles. And so I read Psalm 103, one through five. I said one through eight. Um, read one through eight. Um, I'll read six also here really quick. I'll read six really quick here. Praise God. And so six says, the Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Okay. And so we have the liberty to Praise God. We have that liberty. If you called on the name of Jesus and name him as Lord over your life and you believe uh, in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you're a part of that promise. You're a part of that process. And so we see here in Galatians 2, 19 through 21, Paul is issuing some correction and some things are going on where Amen. You 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 always have a council of people uh, that you, wants you to observe the ancient of the rituals and of the law. In this particular case, and uh, Paul is reaching out and he's talking to the uh, folks here in Galatia, and it's referencing um, we are saved by uh, faith. <laughs> We're not saved by works. Um, we don't have to go get a uh, calf, fatted calf, a ram or a bullock. We don't have to have an intermediary that's upon the earth because Jesus is in heaven and he's seated at the right hand of God. And whom God highly exalted him. And so we are crucified with Christ, never to have needed to be beat, never to have needed to suffer at the hands of the, the Romans, at the hands of the Jewish people. But because we are in Christ, 
we are under his authority. We are under his name. And so Paul in Galatians 2 and 19, it says, for I through, though through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. Amen. And so there's a life that we have unto God through Christ Jesus. And so once we render ourselves as being dead to the flesh, <coughs> and from that connotation, we're talking about that the flesh has dominance over you, that, that you know, hey, I couldn't help myself. From the context that I can't deal with life issues and I need to either take a drink or I need to hit a, a drug pipe and all of those things. So we're dead and we've been, been nullified from the actions of the world, meaning that we're no longer prisoners to the world system, but we have been adopted and we have been co-existent now in Christ Jesus. And so now we live in God minus the law, but Christ came to fulfill the furthest and the closest extent of operation and so that the law now is set aside. And, and even if the law was in effect, we are not Hebrew, but we are engrafted and we've been included because we have and Christ has set us free from the boundaries of the law and of, of the consciousness of sin. Paul is letting them know here in Galatia, because evidently there were some things trying to be reintroduced. There were some concepts um, that they were trying to reintroduce after Paul had taught them and shared with them about the life in Christ Jesus. And he says, he says, I am crucified with Christ. He said, but nevertheless, I live. I live on the account that I am now a citizen of heaven upon the earth. And so I walk and I represent the citizenship of heaven upon the earth. And that gives me dominion and authority on the earth. And then to tap into God by my spirit man into his spirit man, which is his spirit is inner dwelling on the inside of me, right? Because I ask him and, and I believe that through the process of baptism and which is symbolic of what actually happened on the inside, I come up uh, and I'm risen up out of the water as a new creation, a, a rebirth process has taken place. And now my spiritual DNA has been tagged by God because now I'm intertwined and I'm interrelated with the character, with the cause and with the name of Jesus Christ. He says, nevertheless, I live. He said, I'm, I live. I have a rebirth process. And he said, Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The nature of Christ, the, the brotherly connection of Christ, who is 
the firstborn of his kind. Allow this mind or let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery, glory to God, to be uh, equal on all accounts and access uh, relative to kingdom process, but also as the son of God. And also he put on the clothes of tangible flesh so that he could feel what we felt so that he can endure at all points tried and tested. And not only that, and he's and, and Paul is talking about here, he said, I live not yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. He's talking about the resurrection power that Christ has given us access to by his crucifixion, death and burial, because he bore the sins from A to Z of mankind was in a borrowed tomb and there for three days his body, but he snatched the victory from death, hell, and the grave and the very nature of what sin represents. And he has given us liberty. He whom the son has set free is free indeed. And he says here, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God. So Paul had a Damascus road experience. And before that he was uh, pursuing Christians and killing them off. And he was in agreement with the chief uh, priest council, the Sanhedrin, and he said, I was, uh, as far as the world goes, I'm, I was the top of the top, second only to the chief priest. I'm university trained. Um, I'm, I'm second only to the chief priest. I'm a, uh, uh, a Jew, a Pharisee. I'm, I, I have uh, several languages that I can speak. I've been educated. I've been trained. And so that was the aspect of his physical and of the flesh. And on his Damascus Road experience, Jesus told me, he said, why are you pursuing me? Why are you killing me? Why are you up against me? And from that, Paul had a rebirth process where he had to relearn because Paul you know, he was Saul, he became Paul, uh, just a name change relative to his nature. And so from that change, he became a life, a new life, a rebirth process in Jesus Christ. So now I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul wasn't necessarily there in spot, and he could have been, but uh, to witness the very nature of the cross and his crucifixion, right? 
he wasn't there relative to the natural, but his spirit man had revelation because God showed him the truth about his pursuits and the truth about his life again or his new life in Jesus Christ. And so everyone has a rebirth, a redemption when they call upon and they pick the name of Jesus where your identity and your understanding of who you are and where you need to be and where you're going to be hooks up with the destiny that God says that you are. And so he had no idea that his pursuits and killing of Christians was not the course, not the call that God wanted for him. And he, in fact, had a Damascus Road experience, and we're familiar with that, where he did, he was moving this way, and then he went this way. He had a 180 experience of direction change, but his mindset and his nature was a 360 shift, a, a degree completion, a cycle of moving through. And so he thought he was alive and doing the things that the Sanhedrin bidding on killing Christians. He thought he was alive and he thought he was doing the ultimate right thing until Jesus spoke to him. And when he spoke to him and he went through a process of rebirth, he had a discovery of his life and who he really was. That impact allowed him to write the bulk of the epistles and to teach and to really upstart uh, the modern church as we know it, the early church back then, but the evolution process and the approach of, of um, believing by faith so we, as Paul, we weren't there to witness it with our natural eye, but within our spirit, man, we felt incomplete and we knew that the words that were being preached and the words that were being taught were literally words that were manifesting and coming from the very nature of God and his spirit and who he is. He says, who lived in me, the essence of the spirit of God lived and contained within Paul because he invited, he asked him to come in to teach him and to lead him into all understanding and gave himself for me. Christ gave himself for Derek Fletcher. In 21, he says, I do not flush, frustrate the grace of God. I don't anger. I don't cross it up. I don't mix up faith and ritualistic things of the law. I don't, I don't go back and re-aggregate and, and recombine and go back. But I press forward, hallelujah, toward the mark for the prize of the high call. I lay aside all the weights of the present condition, all the weights of what the COVID virus could do, 
all the weights of what the results and outcome of political leadership that I also erase and, and come against the mindset of fear, the mindset of insufficiency in Christ and in God. I'm all sufficient in Christ and in God. There's healing to the max in Christ and in God. There is a, a developmental process to cause me to go from milk to meat. In Christ, I am a fellow citizen in his name. I can speak to every situation that pertains to life and godliness, and I can tell it to be moved. I can tell it in, was it Mark 11 and 23, I believe it is. I can say to the mountain, be thou plucked up, cast up, and, and dropped into the sea, and, and have it move out of my way. Amen. That was a rough paraphrase right there on that. Um, and so the life that I live now, I don't want to mix that up with where I came from. I don't want to mix it up with, with vain processes and vain ritualistics. Uh, outcomes of once a year, I have to go see the chief priest and, and bring him a ram without blemish, and he has to observe it for us, uh, three cycles. I don't have to worry about um, going and, and, and the priest dying, and I have to carry my sin for another year. No, I don't have to frustrate and, and get it confused about God and his grace. And he says here in 21, for it is righteousness. It says, for if righteousness is of the law, then Christ is dead and vain. No matter what you did under the law, no matter what you practice under the law, you could not obtain righteousness. You could only obtain a band-aid fix, atonement, a temporary fix for whatever your human situation or your human case calls for. But in Christ Jesus, once and for all, we've been reborn, we've been redeemed, we've been called back to the very essence of what God intended for Adam and Eve before they bit uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They only had the tree of life. So that life process that we have now excludes rituals and, 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 and vain processes. We are now under the authority of Christ Jesus. And we have here the power of the gospel relative and Peter said that as that gospel was preached, he had a noticing discernment that when he shared the good news of Christ, immediately the Holy Ghost fell and formed inside of people in the manifestation of speaking in tongues, the manifestation of continences of the face changing over and people being set free from demonic oppression, from, from government oversight uh, and control and mind control into the freedom 
that we now have in Christ Jesus. And so I want to read Romans really quick. I mean, that's really the word. We are crucified with Christ because he died. He, he endured the cross. He carried our sins. He died. Conquered death, hell, and the grave was seen up upon the earth for a time period of about 40 days. Then he ascended, and the scripture says that he's high lifted up and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. And so I want to read Romans here really quick, 6, 1 through 6. Amen. I hope I hope you uh, benefiting on today from this word in Romans 6, 1 through 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? No, you don't have to. No, you don't have to let sin be a boat anchor holding you down. It says that we, that grace may abound. Well, we are upon the dispensation of grace. We don't need it to abound if we're in Christ Jesus. We don't, we don't need it to hyperextend if we accept Jesus as Lord, right? Sin and the consciousness of sin, uh, you, you are not seared anymore by and burned by the consciousness of, of sin. You've been set free. And, and then here in Romans, it says in verse two, it says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So the physical death that they're talking about is uh, the death of sin that has authority against your body. You do have a choice to make referencing sin and, and referencing the death of your body in the area of resistance to sin. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized in Jesus Christ, baptism referencing a new birth or rebirth process, baptism as saying or representing the change, ultimate change of my lifestyle through the influence of the Holy Spirit live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized unto his death. And we see up in Galatians how Paul talks about being crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, not I, but Christ that liveth in me, the example, the firstborn of his kind. The mindset, let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery, took on the form and clothed himself as a humble servant. Glory to God. Therefore, we are buried with him 
by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised uh, from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. Christ Jesus did it. He paid the ultimate price. You have been sealed and not to fall into consciousness of sin ever again. You have the victory in Christ Jesus. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, the likeness of his death is, and he told the Jewish council, he said, you destroy this temple, and then in three days, my father is going to raise it up. That's the likeness uh, that we live to live again in Christ Jesus. And the life that we have is no longer our life from the natural just to do whatever we want to do, but we've been set free. Let's see here that like as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we shall walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in his likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. We live in this life and in Christ we live again not reincarnation, uh, glory to God. I want to make that clear, but the rebirth and resurrection power is within us via the Holy Spirit. And this is by faith that we believe and that we receive. Six says in Romans six and six, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. And this is the same thing that Paul referenced in Galatians 2, 19 through 21, right? The old man is crucified. The old man was stretched and quartered by faith under the body and in the blood of Jesus Christ. With him, that the body of sin might be destroyed the body of sin, the act of the introduction of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, that henceforth we shall not serve sin. We don't have to serve sin. We don't have to. And we can see the example um, in the world where singers and actors OD on drugs because they are either alone or they were abused sometime in their life. And so they haven't been able to and could not overcome the nature of sin. But in Christ Jesus, we are victorious. He is at the right hand, seated at the power seat, the area of command structure. Hallelujah. We thank God because we're living this life to live again and that the 
very nature of the presence of sin is not a fearful thing to threaten us and cause us to be afraid. And so on today, we thank you, God, for Paul and what he shared about being crucified with Christ. We crucified with Christ. That means we are risen with Christ and we are up under the name that is above every name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord on today. So that's the word on today, not a whole lot of cross-referencing scriptures, um, but just talking about I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I, but the Christ in me representing the hope of glory. And when God the Father looks down upon me and I'm in prayer and I'm, I'm operating, he sees the very nature, and the very essence, the very power and pattern of his Holy Ghost within us and the representation of Jesus. Amen. God bless you on today. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that by faith, by faith, we can enter in. By faith, we can find that secret place. By faith, we can call on your name. By faith, we can humble ourselves and relax under your authority over your dominion and your power. And we can say we trust you, God, and we call upon you. And we know that you hear us because you are Abba. You are El Shaddai. You are El Elyon. And we thank you for the faith gift that we believe and know, referencing the finished work on the cross. So, Father, we thank you for today and we glorify you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Be blessed on today. Thank mm-hmm. you.